Welcome back to another episode of I Have Issues. It's your boy Vlasos bringing you some more comic book goodness this week. Man, got a full list of DC books. I mean, a huge list of DC books. I think I was only maybe four or five off that I didn't read that came out this week. <laughs> uh, in contrast, they've got a only a four book run of Marvel, and then we've got three independent books. Um, so yeah, um, interesting week. Interesting week of books this week. Interesting reads. So uh, let's not waste any more time with this. Let's continue on and let's get to the issues. Starting things out this week with DC up first. We have Batman issue number 115. So, uh, this was a weird kind of issue because they set up a lot and didn't really do anything at the same time. <laughs> so, basically, Batman and Miracle Molly are going looking for the uh, mind machine, uh, which is part of Scarecrow's plan to basically I guess mass produce and replace memories for the fear state and all this other stuff and uh, yeah so that that's going on uh, Simon Saint now knows where Poison Ivy is and he sent his men down there to basically disrupt things to get rid of Ivy and she's kind of holding on to this one shred of humanity uh, yeah it's it was alright I mean like I said, a whole lot of a whole lot going on, but a whole lot of nothing going on, really. But uh, artwork was great, and the uh, backup story is a Batgirls story. Uh, it was all right. I didn't really particularly care for the artwork, but wasn't bad. Like I said, Batman issue one fifteen. Up next, we have Batman Catwoman issue number eight. So. This was kind of, uh, this one was good in the sense that I, I like what's going on. I mean, it's still having the Christmas theme and all this other stuff. Uh, basically, uh, basically Catwoman and the Joker, or Catwoman kind of breaks into the, uh, <laughs> to the morgue where the Joker's body's being kept and she goes and kind of visits him and she's having this flashback of, of when Joker, I think, visited some... Uh, I didn't really get who the, who the guy was he visited. But anyway, he visits him with his family on Christmas uh, with, uh, with uh, Andrea, the uh, uh, Phantasm. And... You know, she kind of goes, gets ready to kill him. She can't do it or kill uh, this guy. I believe his name is Joe. And he can't, she can't do it for whatever reason. Uh, and the Joker basically has her now at like 
gunpoint or knife point. I can't remember which it is, but uh, yeah. Uh, it, and there was some definitely some. Uh, there's a great scene. Like I said there's some backstory, but there's a there's a great scene with uh, uh, Helena. She goes to visit uh, Dick Grayson, uh, who's the police commissioner, and she says, you know, why? Because there was times where I always asked Bruce why, why her, you know. And he kind of gives this, this funny explanation and stuff of this conversation him and Bruce had about Selena. So I said, overall, it was it was good. I like the artwork. Just, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I feel like this one was a little clunky as far as the storytelling. But, uh, and again, you know, they did a lot in, you know, the artwork to not really give you too, give too much away in this particular issue so it was okay I mean it was good but it was all right so you get what I mean that's Batman Catwoman issue number eight up next we have Black Manta issue number two guys I'll be honest I just I couldn't get into this uh, the artwork is all right it just it wasn't for me uh, basically um, Black Manta this stone is is killing him and he's trying to figure out why. Come to find out, it's only affecting—it's affecting land dwelling Atlanteans or something like that. And find out kind of that he's half Atlant- Atlantean. And I don't know, man. He goes to this party with all these other half half uh, half breed uh, Atlanteans, and it just—I don't know. It wasn't for me. I didn't particularly care for it. So. I probably will not be reading this one going forward. That is Black Manta issue number two. Up next we have The Flash issue 775. Uh, basically, Wally, it starts out with Superman trying to lift up this, uh, what are they called, a, gla- a glabel? Glavel? Something like that. Trying to lift up this uh, spear uh, out of the ground. Superman is, and he can't move it. And uh, so, you know, Wally's just kind of joking around, being, you know, trying to be funny. And Clark kind of gives him some attitude back unexpectedly. And, you know, Mr. Terrific's kind of doing the same thing. And, you know, Wally's kind of like, damn, man, what, what did I do to everybody today? Why is everybody so, it's a pissy mood? That's a little odd. And Superman kind of tells him something like, yeah, I, got, I can't protect your city and mine at the same time. And, uh, or I don't need to protect my city and yours uh, at the same time. And Wally's kind of like, well, that's very <laughs> unboy scoutish, but okay. Then he goes home and he realizes his wife, Linda, is kind of, <laughs> she just kind of snaps at him for no reason. So he's like, okay, well, shit. What, is it just me today? And then he goes to work, and the scientists are all arguing and screaming and hollering at each other, trying to fight each other. And he's like, man, what is going on? Well, come to find out, it's this energy, this negative energy that's coming from that spear. Uh, then all a bunch of different uh, members of the Flash Rose Gallery, I believe, with also a couple Wonder Woman, because Giganta's there. Um, but a lot of Flash uh, villains show up to try to claim it. Um, then one eventually ends up getting the power and all this other stuff. I mean. I liked it. I like the story. Um, interested to see where it goes, um, and it was real fun. You know, like I said, uh, I, I I just think it's refreshing 
with uh, with Wally, you know, instead of Barry. But you know, I like it if they switch him back and forth. Do one arc with completely with Wally, one arc completely with Barry. But you know, Barry's occupied, so uh, we'll make do with Wally, and Wally's great. So up, and that was uh, the Flash issue seven seventy five. Up next, we have Green Lantern issue number seven. So on the cover A. It says Kilowog's last stand. Maybe I got some type of misprint or something, but there is no Kilowog in this book. <laughs> uh, but yeah, basically, uh, it's broken up into two stories. One with Jon Stewart, where he kind of goes back in time. Um, he sees the Atlantean, or not Atlantean, uh, Apocalyptean, and the basically the war between Apocalypse and New Genesis at its infancy and kind of the role the Guardians of Oa had, had to play or the Guardians of the Universe uh, Owens as they're called uh, their kind of involvement uh, in that early war uh, the first story really wasn't really wasn't digging I mean you see a, a young dark side and whatnot so that was kind of cool um but yeah, what really wasn't digging that the second story with uh, with uh, with uh, Joe and uh, and uh, Simon Baz and Kelly, Teen Lantern, that I like because you know they basically are making their way back to report what was going on. They you know Sinestro let them go, and they're uh, you know trying to I guess research and calm Kelly down and figure out what exactly her gauntlet is. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the Thanagarians that they're working with try to take it off, and the thing just kind of launches its own attack and stuff like that. So, you know, they're trying to calm her down and stuff. So that I actually enjoyed more than the first story. I mean, it wasn't a bad first story with Jon Stewart. It just wasn't... To me, it didn't do anything. It didn't... Uh, I didn't really understand the significance of it, more or less, so... That's why that one wasn't that great to me. But the uh, the Simon Baz, uh, Kelly, uh, and uh, Joe uh, Far Sector, I, I enjoyed all that. I thought that story was great. So that is Green Lantern issue number seven. Up next we have Legends of the Dark Knight issue number six. This was cool. So you had two uh, villain stories in here. That Batman is helping. They're working both with Batman, or Batman's helping them out. Uh, the first one's with Solomon Grundy. Uh, basically, Grundy is kind of going crazy of sorts. Uh, his uh, Cyrus Gold personality is trying to take over, and he is—he's uh, scared. Grundy is scared, and you know, Batman's kind of first. You know, Batman's trying to stop him from killing these mobsters. And, you know, he, he kind of talks Grundy down and, you know, figures out what's going on with Grundy and because he's acting a little out of normal. And so, you know, he kind of leaves Grundy to figure out what's going on. And, you know, basically he ends up having this conversation with Alfred. He says, you know, I don't know if I did the right thing, but I wanted him to have time to deal with his own, his own stuff, his dueling personality, I guess, if you will, which is kind of... <laughs> kind of funny since that's what you know Bruce constantly does with Batman so I said I like that story 
And then uh, the second story was a team up with Killer Croc, um, which was okay. Uh, the story didn't, to me, the story didn't make a ton of sense as to <laughs> what was going on, but um, the artwork was cool, and I liked the interactions between uh, Batman and Killer Croc. Uh, basically, they're trying to stop this uh, group of people from basically becoming millionaires and all this other, or billionaires and stealing money from uh, found, uh, pensions and foundations and all this other stuff. So that's what it essentially was. And they stop it, and Croc's like, "Yeah, I know I destroyed all this stuff, but that's not my job. I did my job by stopping them." So uh, peace. <laughs> You'll leave Batman for cleanup duty. So yeah, I thought it was thought it was good. Uh, that's Legends of the Dark Knight issue number six. Up next we have Nightwing issue eighty five. Uh, so this was basically Nightwing and Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, going out on patrol to basically find the location for Oracle 2 and to shut it down. Uh, you find out that Seer, who you see a little bit in the previous in the Batman issue, which this has a little bit of crossover. Uh, is kind of taunting Barbara and all this other stuff and uh, so basically Nightwing is just kind of telling her like hey you don't have to suit up like this we can take care of this you know you kind of need to sit this one out because he's worried about you know what if you know the technology in her spine gets hacked again and what if she gets killed and all this other stuff and you know so it was nice seeing uh, Dick and Barbara work together, uh, and it looks like their relationship is kind of, you know, back on again. So uh, it wasn't. It, it was a good story. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't. It didn't hold up kind of to the same standard as the previous issues of Nightwing, but this was still pretty good. Uh, I think uh, thus far, it's this this uh, this. Uh, this arc or this story or new run I'm sorry this new run by Tom Taylor has kind of involved his relationships with other members of the Bat family so uh, and it's strengthening this one with Barbara so I I'm I'm a fan of it I like it uh, and it ends on a nice little cliffhanger that ties back into the backup story uh, on Batman with the Batgirls so Exciting to see where this goes. That is Nightwing, issue 85. Up next, we have Shazam, issue number four. This is the finale of the four-issue miniseries. So Shazam meets uh, a younger or older version of Black Adam. He's like a, a version of Black Adam from the end of time. Uh they got his consciousness got sent back and he's in like a younger body but he appears old i don't <laughs> I, that part kind of confused me but uh so basically shazam billy learns that he's kind of the reason that the end of the world happens uh, and so there's a lot of lessons that are being taught to him and uh, black adam gives him back his power or control of his powers um I don't know man i mean this was a fun fun story but i think this just really kind of dragged in spots 
It's kind of a a weird finale. But uh you know, and it, it is kind of depressing for Shazam. <laughs> you know, he knows that at the end of time that he pretty much everybody's going to die except for you know, him and Black Adam and stuff like that, <laughs> and that he's the cause of the end of the world, so I guess it's, it's a little depressing. Um, the art is great, um, but yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see kind of where they pick this story up in Teen Titans Academy, and if they so much as keep running with it, or if it's just kind of briefly mentioned. So, that's Shazam issue number four. Up next, we have the Suicide or we have Suicide Squad issue number eight. So this is basically Waller running like several different missions at once. Uh, you've got Talon pretending he's crazy when he really isn't. Uh, you've got Peacemaker in a battle with Swamp Thing, who you know Swamp Thing ends up taking out the the neck bomb, the bomb in his neck. Um, ambush bug is basically trying to steal this technology that will keep people from entering uh, the multiverse or go keep people from entering earth 3 and uh, you know just a whole lot of suicide squad suicide squatty thingy you know they go into hell to try to get the rock of eternity um, yeah it was just a whole lot of stuff going on um, and basically Rick Flagg shows up with his own version of the Suicide Squad um, to try to recruit Peacemaker so I, I, I did like the ambush bug spots uh, where he kind of acting like Deadpool by breaking the fourth wall and basically kind of commentating what's going on and you know Talking about, oh, Peacemaker, yeah, this guy, he's in line for a big push type of thing. You know, you'll see him, he'll probably get his own uh, comic series and this, this, and this. He definitely has his own HBO series coming up, you know, and all this other stuff. So I thought that was kind of kind of funny. Made it a little enjoyable to read. Uh, it's Suicide Squad issue eight. Then we've got Suicide Squad King Shark issue number two. I did not enjoy this as much as I did the first issue. Um... You briefly see the tournament that uh, King Shark is in. Um, yeah, it's just... I, I, I don't know. It wasn't as fun just in the sense that uh, Defacer, you know, she's kind of torn because she need, she wants the uh, human representative to win this tournament. But, she, you know, she needs... She wants Nananu, Nanawe to win. But she doesn't want Nanawe to win, so it's she's kind of torn, uh, and she needs, you know, she needs Nanawe to lose because uh, that would mean she gets to keep her head essentially. Uh, Waller won't kill her and all this other stuff. So yeah, I yeah, it, to me it just didn't it didn't flow as good as the first one, and to me it didn't have that spontaneity in that uh, it didn't have the same vibe is probably the better way to describe it. It didn't have that same vibe as that first issue so um, that's the Suicide Squad King Shark issue number two and finally this week 
we have Superman Son of Cal L issue number four. Uh, so this is with, uh, I believe, uh, Fault Line. She was dropped from the sky in the previous, at the end of the previous issue, into uh, the the Kent household at Mon Paws, um, and John kind of hears it at the last minute, so he's able to move fast enough to grab Mon Paul. But when he goes to grab Jay, he notices he can't grab him. Um, he kind of has like kind of like phasing out so he's like oh shit he's got powers uh <laughs> well this is new uh well if i can't grab him then he'll be able to survive and he can phase through stuff then he more than likely will be able to survive this <laughs> so you know so he grabs ma and paul gets them out of there and all this other stuff and uh you know and you know of course there's fallout with uh you know, John's kind of like depressed. Like, how, you know, if I couldn't protect the house, you know, what good am I? You know, this only happens when Dad leaves and all this other stuff. And uh, so John's basically kind of doubting himself. You know, but uh, Paul Ken is just kind of like, look, son, it happens. You know, <laughs> it'll be okay. You know, and the Justice League kind of shows up to help run point on this and help help out. Uh. And then, you know, there's a cool bit exchange between John and, and Wally. Wally's like, hey, man, you know, don't feel, you know, I understand what you're going through. You know, don't sweat it, you know, and I'm uh, I'm here for you if you ever need to talk because I understand, the, the you know, the, uh, the pressure you feel having to take over for, you know, or having to fill in such big shoes, you know. So that was pretty cool. Uh, so John and Jay end up going and meeting up with some of Jay's other friends. Um, and basically, uh, John ends up going to confront the, uh, the president of, uh, Gamora, I believe is the name of the, uh, the country that they're taking in all the refugees from. So John goes over there to confront him. Doesn't necessarily go so well for John. So <laughs> be interesting to see how that sets up for the next issue. Uh, so, it'll be fun. That is Superman Son of Kal-El, issue number four. Wow, a lot of DC books this week. Told you. Uh, also out from uh, DC this week, we have Catwoman, issue 36. Uh, then we have Catwoman, uh, Lonely City, issue number one. That is a black label book. DC, uh, we got Batman Secret Files, Peacekeeper 01, issue number one. Batman vs. Bigby, A Wolf in Gotham. A Wolf in Gotham, issue two. Nubia and the Amazons, issue number one. Uh, Refrigerator Full of Heads, issue one. Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, issue 112. And then there is a Wonder Woman Day special edition one-shot book, also out this week. Wow. A lot of stuff from DC this week. And I had most of it on my pull list this week. So, anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on.
Alright, switching things over to Marvel. A relatively short Marvel pull list this week. Up first we have The Death of Doctor Strange, issue number two. Um, so this is, you find out a little revelation about uh, the Doctor Strange that appeared at the end of the last issue. It's a, he can only survive a week. Uh, that's all the life he has. Uh, basically, he has a week to solve his own murder. Uh, <laughs> so you find out this is, uh, this is a week that Strange doesn't remember in his life, so he basically took took a version of a weak version of himself, a weak W E E K, and he kind of stashed him away. And then, in the event that he died, this person or this version of himself would come out. But he only has the memories uh, up to a certain point, so he has no idea all the different things that Doctor Strange has done, as far as you know. Um, Things with the Avengers, uh, new and you know new improvements, you know new allies, all this other stuff. So, uh, <laughs> so then you find out that there's this uh, these beings. I believe they're called the Three Mothers. They show up, basically go to start shit, and uh, the Avengers show up. And the Avengers trying to jump in, and it looks like the Avengers are getting the upper hand, and then the Avengers just kind of, kind of get their ass kicked, and they're about to get killed, and you know they kind of, the mothers just kind of get bored and leave, and Doctor Strange is kind of like, well, that was, uh, that was run rather eventful, <laughs> or uneventful, so um, it was kind of cool, um, but at the same time, I'm like, did we really need this, <laughs> other than just to show how powerful these. Uh, these new characters are, um, but I, I don't know. I mean, it was okay. To me, it wasn't wasn't as good as the first issue, but it was all right. That is the death of Doctor Strange, issue number two. Up next, we have Thor, issue eighteen. This one was surprisingly weak, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, so it starts out good with, you know, Thor's having a conversation with Loki. He's like, hey, man, you know, um, I need a favor. King to king, I need a favor. I need somebody I can trust. And Loki's like, whoa, 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 okay, I'm going to stop you there. Uh, let's cut the crap, you know. You don't need somebody you can trust. You need a spy. <laughs> you know, you need a spy to find out who, you know, who stole Mjolnir, who has Mjolnir, who would want to steal it, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, and I'm out. He's like, I'm out, man. I, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I've got my own stuff to worry about. I've got my own uh, my own kingdom to worry about. So thanks, big bro, but no thanks. <laughs> and uh, so then you've got, uh, he goes to Throg. And, of course, Throg already kind of figured this was going to happen. And he's put together his own Avengers. Um, and, yeah, I just, yeah. This didn't do it for me. I like the Thor and Loki part. The Throg part... I don't know. I mean, I, I like the idea of, of Throg. I do kind of like how Thor kind of came to him uh, while he's in the middle of this big speech with all these animals and stuff. And he's kind of like, look, I need to talk to you in private type of thing. And 
you know, but Throg was already like 10 steps ahead of Thor, so, so it's kind of like, eh, I don't know. You know, hopefully uh, it gets better. Hopefully, you know, the next issue is better, but like I said, this one was just the weakest thus far of the Thor run, so I'm just kind of like, eh, hopefully it gets better, but I'm sure it will. Anyway, that's Thor issue 18. Up next, we have the United States of Captain America issue 5. Again, this is, you know, another Marvel book that has a lot of good promise, and it just, it's just meh. <laughs> I felt that it just kind of dragged at some point, you know. Uh, they've tracked, you know, Sin gets loose, and, you know, she makes her way back to uh, Hatemonger, I believe is the name, the guy's name. Basically, their plan was to use the shield, use Cap's shield to basically hypnotize the world and into hating Captain America and all this other stuff into hating America and um, so now it's going to take all the Captain Americas that we've met you know uh, there's a cool part where Bucky puts on his cap uniform <clears throat> so he goes in to kind of bust in to save Steve and, and John Walker and Sam who've all been captured and all this other stuff so um then he brings in all the other Captain Americas we've met along the way. Uh, and of course, they saved the day, so. I mean, like I said, it was fine. It's just there was a lot, a lot, a lot of dialogue, and it was just kind of like, ugh. <laughs> you know, some of it was a little cringe, but, you know, or some of the dialogue that is at the conversations they were having back and forth discussing what they were going to do was kind of like, ugh. But, uh,. Overall, I like, as a whole, the premise of the whole story, I like. The execution, I thought was good in some parts. I feel like this could have been like a three-issue series. I feel like two of the issues were very unnecessary or didn't do a whole lot, and they didn't need to stretch it out to five, but whatever. Um, that's the United States of Captain America, issue five. Finally, this week we have X Men Trial at Magneto, issue number three. Holy crap! What the hell has gone on? <laughs> this like this story, this just kind of took a complete left turn as to what you were expecting. So, Wanda's not dead. Wanda is alive. Um, she's like a backup copy of herself because she doesn't remember her children. She doesn't remember Tommy and. Uh, are Speed and Wicked. She doesn't remember them. And she doesn't remember that I don't think... So this is what confused me. I'm like, so she doesn't remember she's not Magneto's daughter or she is Magneto's daughter? But whatever. Uh, that's besides the point. So whatever. No big deal. So um, then all of a sudden, you know, Krakoa gets attacked by these giant uh, kaiju monsters uh, and they just attack Krakoa from all different sides, and they all the X Men all kind of split up. They're fighting these big old kaiju monsters, and they just when they start hurting them really bad, and they start getting weak, all of a sudden they heal themselves, and they just keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger. There's nothing they can do. I was just kind of like, okay, this is uh, a <laughs> not anything about what we were doing um, with 
the death of Wanda and all, of a Scarlet Witch, and maybe it, this, you know, these monsters have something to do with Scarlet Witch or something. I, I don't know, man. This was just really weird, and I'm, I'm not feeling the direction this is going in because you've got an old lady Scarlet Witch or something. I don't know. I'm just like, no, I don't know, man. I may give it one more issue to see if when I keep reading. Otherwise, it's just kind of be dropped. That's Trial of Magneto, issue three. Also out this week, we have Fantastic Four, issue 37. Star Wars, The High Republic, issue, issue 10. Phoenix Song, Echo, one shot. Then there's a Daredevil Halloween uh, one shot. As long as with a Miles Morales one shot and a Kate Bishop Hawkeye one shot. Uh, they're all Halloween issues and things like that. And then uh, there's a uh, Star Wars The High Republic. So I'm not sure if it's just like a number one issue or something or a random issue put into this. It's for Halloween. I, I believe they're free books. So um, yeah, if you're trying to get into a character or a run, my probably worth checking out uh but yeah that was marvel this week really kind of really disappointing it's the first time i can say that generally everything i read from a certain uh company was disappointing and you know like i said not that all of these books were bad it's just they i was disappointed in the the direction or the quality of the stories or books just kind of disappointed overall anyway Let's go ahead and finish it out. Let's move on to the Indies. All right, now going over to the Indies. Well, Image more specifically. Uh, Everything was from Image this week. Up first, we have Hellcop issue number one. This is the uh, Shadowline imprint. So, this story, or basically, this is a murder mystery. Uh, it starts out with these two cops. Uh, they are investigating, or well, they're basically trying to catch this uh, uh, these demons that are uh, trafficking and all this other stuff. And so, uh, and it, it's funny cause they eat, uh, uh, sweet and low essentially <laughs> to get high, um, and all this other stuff. And so they chase this one and he runs and they end up catching him and cuffing him and they take him in. Uh, so they're going from dim- these different dimensions, uh, that all these demons now are hanging out in. And, uh, so it, it was cool. I like it. Um, I like the storytelling aspect of it. The art is really good. Um, you know, they're investigating, trying to figure out where, what's going on essentially, because, uh, he finds one of one of the demons that they end up finding after they arrest the one that they were after uh, takes off running and he drops this little pendant and our main uh, main cop he kind of I forget what his name is but uh, he he looks 
and he notices there's a politician giving a speech on TV, and he has the same pinned in on his tie. He's kind of like, that's weird. Uh, I've never heard of this guy. And so he goes to his friend, uh, the analyst, to kind of dig up into this guy who he's never really heard of and see if maybe they can find out some more stuff about him. And there's really no history of this guy, so this already this tips off uh, some other people, some higher up people, and uh, yeah, thus ensues the uh, the murder, the murder mystery of this whole uh, issue. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. That is Hell Cop issue number one. Up next we have King Spawn issue number three. Man, this was fantastic. So, it starts out with Spawn and Terry. They're working together trying to figure out uh, Billy Kincaid's motives, where the hell he's at. You know, all these kids are getting kidnapped all over the place. Uh, All these different things are happening. Spawn knows, okay, this is a distraction. Uh, So, he sends uh, She-Spawn out, and then he sends uh, Medieval Spawn out to go deal with some of these other distractions. And... uh, Meanwhile, he figures out kind of where Billy is, and he tells Terry, look, tell me where this is, do some intel for me, and I'm going to go here. Uh, and you find out that he finds this, uh, the, the soul, they're the soul of one of the kids that was blown, that was killed in one of the school bombings, he's uh, stuck there. His soul is stuck uh, in this basement of this mansion and all this other stuff. So Spawn's pissed, so he's killing everybody left and right, all these people. Uh, And then he's met by uh, Billy Kincaid in his new powerful form. So him and Spawn uh, fight it out. And, you know, it looks like Spawn has the upper hand. Then all of a sudden it doesn't look like he is. So, uh, man, it's very well drawn. Uh, I like the story thus far. Um, still a little unclear as to why, what Billy's motives is, motives are as far as making Spawn this king, uh, King Spawn, because, you know, the kid wants him to put on this crown, the, the little kid has this crown, and he's kind of, nope, nope, this person's not right, nope, that person's not right, but with Al, he's kind of like, yeah, yeah, put on the crown, and... Al's kind of like, no, no. And then that's when Billy kind of like, put the damn crown on, and he's beating the shit out of Spawn. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so still, to me at least, it's a little unclear as to the significance of what his uh, motives are. And so, but yeah, overall, great issue. That is King Spawn, issue number three. Also out from Image this week, we have Ice Cream Man, issue number 26. Made in Korea, issue 5. Need a Hawk's Nightmare blog, issue number 1. I believe that is a Philadelphia uh, spinoff. Uh, and then, for the sake of it, uh, for out from Boom this week, we have Eat the Rich, issue 3. Dune, uh, House of Atreus, issue 11. And Maw, issue number 2. So, pick of the week this week is a book that I believe was delayed in some areas simply because there was a a printing issue 
Um, and there was a paper shortage and stuff like that. So I don't think every LCS got their copy of this book. Um, I know there was a couple other uh, books that I my LCS didn't get that were uh, from Image. Uh, Time Before Time was one of those, which I believe will should get next week, which I heard actually was really good. But my LCS got this particular book, and it is Gunslinger Spawn, issue number one, and that's pick of the week. Coming next. And that's right, pick of the week this week. It is Gunslinger Spawn, issue number one. So this has, I believe, three, maybe four different backup stories, and I'll uh, kind of let you know once they end, uh, when each story ends. So anyway, starting out our main story. Starts out with Gunslinger Spawn having a conversation with Al Simmons. Gunslinger says, continuing a conversation, says, Like I said, I had my own reasons. Al says, I'm sure you did, but I need to know why. What drew you to the island? Because as far as I know, you're new to this entire planet. So, what's that place? As Al walks away, all this comes from Spawn's Universe Issue 1. Gunslinger then turns to a patch where he hid his transportation. He's in no mood to answer anyone's questions. He's still been trying to figure out why he isn't in the year 1864 and how he got pulled into the future to this godforsaken place. His anger only grows when his two-wheeled contraption stops working. He'll also need some cover before sunrise. We then go to a kid working at a convenience store. The store owner says, I'm heading out now. Make sure you lock everything up when you close, Taylor. You hear what I said? Taylor says, Locking everything up. I've got it, Mr. Santo. Santo says, You might want to put that phone down once in a while. Customers like it to seem like they're important to us. Taylor responds back, You sound like my dad. The man says, I like, I sound like your boss. Enjoy your evening. A while later, Voices say, T-Man, what's up? Taylor looks up from his phone and says, Hey, what are you doing? As his friends walk in. Come to take your ass out of here. Epic party at Billy's tonight when you off. Taylor decides now is the perfect time. As they speed away. Gunslinger gets himself to town's edge. He reminds himself as he continues to push his bike. And he never had to do this with horses. We see Taylor and his friends having fun, drinking, eating. They then drop Taylor off back at the gas station, much later, as Taylor waits for his dad. A silver light stabs from the storage shed. He thought he locked everything up, but what he sees sobers him up in a flash. As Taylor opens the door, he says, sweet mercy. It's the motorcycle of his dreams. As he then walks over and says, Where did you come from, baby? Then he's met with a double-barrel shotgun in his face. Gunslinger says, 
Put your hands where I can see them. You understand me, boy? You got a name, son? Uh, uh, Taylor. That a first or last name? Uh, first, my last name's Bartlett. Then Taylor Bartlett. I'm going to ask your scrawny ass a few questions if that's okay with you. Uh, uh, sure. First, you know something about that contraption, why it won't work? Your motorcycle? I'll take a look, but it seems fine to me. After a brief examination, Taylor gives a small chuckle. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you're just out of gas. Gunslinger spawned grabs Taylor by the front of his shirt, lifting him up, says, Don't mess with me, boy. What you talking about? What's gas? We then cut over to what looks like angels and many of the people at play trying to work against Spawn. Near the southern border between Mexico and Arizona sits a huge private museum dedicated to those who ruled the earth hundreds of millions of years ago. It also serves as a reminder for all those that have been there since the beginning how long their struggles have been going on. And like so many other times in the past, a few of them are sensing that. A renewed sense of opportunity is upon them once again. One of the men say, So we're all in agreement then. Cogliarstro's misguided attempts to recruit one of the new spawns backfired. Question is, what are you planning to do about it? More importantly, is it going to conflict with what our side already has? An angel steps forward and says, Gentlemen, I appreciate you coming here on such short notice, and I am hopeful that because of Cogliarostro's actions, we'll be able to find some common purpose for both our cartels. And I believe that purpose, as we talked about, begins with the hellspawn called Gunslinger. So, if you're willing to call a truce between our factions, Cyrus, my boss will be more than happy to make sure that after he gets what he wants, Gunslinger is in no position to resist joining your side. A gift like that could go a long way to improve, from what I hear, what is a frayed relationship with your own leaders. The man known as Cyrus says, I can handle them. What about your boss? When do we meet him? The angel says, soon. He's planning to go public in a fairly significant way. For now, he's letting a family member take the reins. This will be coming up in issue three. I need you to slow down your words a bit. This gunslinger says, you're telling me that if I figure out these gas station tires and highway things, I can keep traveling? Taylor says, absolutely. You've got enough horsepower in your bike. I know the power of a horse. Taylor says, no, I'm not that. I'm not. I'm talking about the motor. Jeez, you're worse than my dad. Like some boomer with Alzheimer's. What's your deal? Gunslinger's eyes glow green. There is no deal. I'm from someplace else. Just trying to get back. Just trying to find a way back there. Taylor then says, I get that, but if you don't understand something, look it up. Google it. As Taylor pulls out his phone, Gunslinger says, What's a Google? Taylor says, Like your phone? 
you uh, you got a phone, right? Gunslinger stands up, says, "What I've got is buried someplace. And I need to get there." Twin Buttes, ever heard of the place? Taylor laughs, says, "You're kidding, right?" Gunslinger turns, eyes glowing, says, "What do you think?" Taylor, pointing at the sign, says, "You're already here." This huge sign wasn't big enough for you? The two stare at each other. Taylor says, Uh, you can't read this, can you? Gunslinger quietly says, No. Taylor asks him, How have you survived your whole life without... And Gunslinger pulls out his double barrel shotgun and says, This is how I survive. The cool air remains silent for the longest time, then the confession. Gunslinger flashes his weaponry under his jacket. He then pulls out his knife. He says, Always got protection. Want to know why my hat's so tall? Got protection in there, too. Ain't only knives. Want to see? Taylor says, Uh, that's okay. Uh, should I be scared now? Gunslinger says, Not if you're not one of them. But let's get, let's get to my riding machine. Can you get it started for me? Taylor says, I told you I can, but if you want it to go even faster, I've got some equipment in my dad's garage that could help tune that puppy up better. Gunslinger says, perfect. We're riding to your house then. Taylor says, wait, we we can't do that. I, I'm not allowed home until my dad calls me to say it's okay for, or he comes pick me up. I don't have a car. Gunslinger says, your pa don't like you home? That seems strange to you? But before Taylor could answer, a faint hum cuts through the air. As Taylor dives out of the way, holy shit! As Gunslinger is tackled by an angel. The angel says, I told them you wouldn't hide. You're too stupid to know any better. But you're going to find out God's warriors have evolved in the past 200 years. And you're half the man Al Simmons is. Gunslinger then grabs what looks like a motor, smashing it into the, into the angel's face. Both those statements may be true, but Gunslinger doesn't give a damn. As they begin fighting back and forth, the angel punching Gunslinger through the wall. Like two trains colliding head-on, the battle is a complete mess for both opponents. But in the midst of a new constant barrage, the new Hellspawn, who a few weeks ago was living during the time of America's Great Civil War, finally sees his opening. As he pulls out his revolver and begins firing. The angel's quickness steals any chance of getting a kill shot Gunslinger is looking for. Instead, bullets hit more wing than warrior, which further enrages the angel's bloodlust. To defile the wing is given to them by God is an act of blasphemy. But Gunslinger knew that. He also knew it was his only chance to get his enemy face to face him squarely, where he rarely misses his shot. As the angel charges towards him, Gunslinger fires right through the angel's forehead. The angel drops dead as an innocent man tries to process all of it. But the only thing that makes any sense just to escape. This gunslinger says, Taylor, get your ass back here. 
Taylor grabs Gunslinger's hat and brings it to him and says, Yes, sir, I, I I was just bringing your hat back. That's that's all. Thanks. Mighty kind of you. Here, hold this. As he tosses his revolver to Taylor. He says, Taylor says, What are you doing? Isn't he already dead? This gunslinger ties up the angel. He is. But you need to learn something. And I want to teach you how to kill an angel. Especially the dark wing ones. There's only a couple of ways. Watch. As he takes out his shotgun. Shooting it in the chest. He explains. You can shoot them in the chest all you want. But it won't do you much good. That don't kill them. Only thing that stops them dead in their tracks. Is a good one right through the forehead. As he then. Shoots the angel with the shotgun in the forehead. Gunslinger continues. Though at times, you, you ain't got guns or you run out of bullets. Don't matter. Just remember the forehead. He then starts throwing his knives. You need to also remember, you also need special bullets to stop them. But that, I'll show you later. Want to give a try? Taylor says, I, I, I'll pass. Gunslinger says, suit yourself. Oh yeah, their bodies dissolve in minutes after you kill them. So you don't need to even have to clean up your own mess. God wants to make sure humans don't know about all the crap he's up to. Now, let's get some gas, as you call it, and get you home. As he takes back his revolver. They get the bike up and running. Full tank which Taylor pays for. In a long dirt road later, the Western Hellspawn pulls up short of his passenger's home. Taylor says, he, he doesn't like me coming home unannounced. Gunslinger gives him a thumbs up. Your Paul will understand. Taylor opens the door and says, Dad, sorry to not to call, but... The young man is stunned by what he sees gathered in his living room. As the Redeemer says, who's that? Taylor's dad freaks out and says, what are you doing? I told you never to come here until I get you. You idiot, are you deaf? As an angel says, we know he's your son, but we can't have any human knowing that we're here. Taylor's dad says, I know. As he closes his eyes and looks down, Taylor screams for help. His dad says, I'm sorry, Taylor. This is your fault. You got no one to blame but yourself. The angel says, take him outside and bury him. As Taylor yells for help. As the heavenly warriors drag the screaming teenager from their house, they hear atop the wooden roof step, footsteps. Then, the creator of that sound suddenly depends upon them savagely. As Gunslinger jumps in, knives and that's where the main story ends. Our next story is called The Lynching. August in the year of 1853. Though all hell spawned throughout time have been endowed with powers derived from hell, there are still a need for every spawn to find some financial stability, regardless of their supernatural prowess. A woman says, My sons, tell me you found them man says, I wish I could. We're still searching, Miss Sutton. 
Another says, there's a dozen men still looking for them. We'll find them, ma'am. The woman says, they've done harm to no one. Why would they take my boys? Who'd do something that cruel? As Gunslinger rides off. Word is that the Bartlett gang was involved. We posted a reward, hoping that that'll help. After searching on his own, Gunslinger spawn after three days is nearing the end of his mission. He then sees three, three boys hung up. He cuts them down. He digs makeshift graves to prevent wildlife from feasting on their bodies. The only thing left to do is making sure the family of these dead men know what happened here. Outside, savage barking disturbs the serenity of the man inside. Then suddenly, the dogs go mute as the man smokes on his cigar. Gunslinger says, I want to show you something. The man says, you've made a fatal mistake, stranger. My men are all over this place. Gunslinger says, not anymore. It's just you and me, Bartlett. Bartlett says, where are you taking me? Say something, you bastard, as they ride through the desert. For ten hours, they journey in the sweltering heat. In fact, Gunslinger hasn't uttered a single word since they've mounted. He's waiting until they get to their destination. They have now. Your boys kill folks because of land and who owns it. It's why they hung the Sutton boys, who I found the other day. Thought you'd like to see the results of those actions. Bartlett says, My God, Jimmy, William, Tim. Gunslinger says, that's right. Look at your son's faces. What you're feeling is exactly what Miss Sutton will feel when she learns about her own boys. Stay if you want. I'm done here. He rips up the wanted poster and leaves Barton to his own thoughts. That's the end of the lynching story. The next story, entitled Weapons. We see Gunslinger loading his revolver. He didn't understand it at first, and that nearly got him killed on more than one occasion. Eventually, he figured out for some useful guidance from the stranger calling himself Cogliostro. What Gunslinger learned was that normal bullets won't kill some of the enemies that came his way. That required a sacrifice on his part. It also required a steady hand so the enhanced bullets could do easily in most of his encounters with humans, which was to kill them dead in their tracks. So we see him fire one of these bullets into an angel's head. The shot had to penetrate the forehead. The rest of the body doesn't matter. In time, Gunslinger was able to apply this method to his arrows, knives, knowing at times a pistol or a rifle wouldn't be available. And though he honed his skills over the years, a cruel twist of fate. The more he protected himself, the weaker he became. Because the only ingredient, the only substance he could use to fortify his weapons was his own blood. The blood that contained his powers. As we see, he cuts himself, pours his blood into a bowl, and he dips his bullets in it. Each new bullet he makes 
comes at the expense of draining his own strength. And he was already one of the weakest spawns to ever walk Earth. As he begins to load up, putting him in a constant struggle of trying to balance how to best protect himself. Does he use his wits or a weapon? In the beginning, he had the luxury of choosing. But as more confrontations from things non-human piled up and the size of the attacking groups grew in scale, his only option was to make sure he is able to kill a dozen or more at a time. It meant guns and it meant bullets. So that now, after years of battling, his powers are a fraction of what he'd begun with, which is why he'll do whatever he is needed to keep himself alive. So he can undo the single worst act he's ever done, the one that haunts his thoughts from the moment he did it. And he won't stop until it's become undone, at least long enough for him to figure out a way to get back to the 19th century. Gunslinger walks with his rifle on his back. He says, Time to hunt. That's the end of that story. The next story is entitled, A Small Gift. It's been five years since the end of the devastating Mexican-American War, which ended in 1848. As a part of that truce, the U.S. has recently acquired land from formerly owned by Mexico. This settlement, previously owned by Mexico, has been under American rule less than four months. Those now living in these small towns are called Nogales, are curious to know if this place can become a permanent place to live, or will it become another of so many ghost towns scattered throughout the West. Migrants, cowhands, and investors all have come to seek their fortunes here, leading to a diverse group from all walks of life. A voice says, I'm dry over here. Fix me another glass. The bartender says, yes, sir. The voice says, and make sure that half-breed son of yours doesn't spill none of it, or I ain't paying. The young boy delivers the drink in a flawless fashion, settling the spirit of the boisterous man for the moment. The man looks as, seems like folks around here going to let anyone come to this town, no matter what their skin color. That's a damn shame as he begins using his knife, carving into the table. The boy says, shouldn't be doing that. It's not your table. The man pulls out the knife at the table and says, that's so. How old are you, boy? The boy says, almost 12. The man says, mighty young to have such a sharp tongue. As he grabs his arm as he goes to walk away, he says, get back here. Fetch me another drink, but this time, fill it to the brim as much as you can, then run it back here as fast as you can. And if you spill a single drop, you won't have any hands to carry anything ever again. You understand me? The boy in terror says, yep, yes sir. The man says, good, now get going. The boy tries, but as he goes to walk away, he says, I can't, you, you've got my arm. Everyone around there looks concerned. As the man says, you sassing me again? As a blade comes whipping by, slicing off the top of his ear. 
Gunslinger then sits in the corner booth. Let go of the boy. The line is delivered with a stoic tone, meant not as a request, but as a command. Everyone in the room understands that. Everyone except for a single fool. The man says, Mister, you just stepped into the wrong person's business. Gunslinger, unfazed, I said, let go of the boy. The bartender says, don't need any trouble now. Sheriff will be here soon enough. The man then says, the man I wore for says you'd be hanging around here, gunslinger. See, you've been poking your nose into matters you shouldn't, and you're pretty high on yourself. How about we sell this before any lawman gets here? Gunslinger, squinting his eyes, says, you seem hellbent to take the first shot. The man then reaches for his gun. says, was planning to. The shot is fired. Gunslinger says, change my mind as the man slumps over, dead from the shot. Gunslinger says, your boss, where is he keeping himself? The man can only muster up the words. Go to hell. Gunslinger then puts his foot on his throat. In the hills? Where's he at? I asked you a question. Gunslinger presses down the hill on his boot, crushing the man's injured throat. The man slowly utters out, Yes. Then, Gunslinger pulls the trigger, shooting him right in the face. Looking at it, the horror, the bartender says, Sheriff could have handled him you didn't have to do that. Gunslinger says, maybe, but the sheriff wasn't here, and he was hurting your son. Someone had to protect him. As he kneels down, Gunslinger asks him, what's your name, boy? The kid says, Tobias. Gunslinger hands him his knife and says, sorry for such a mess, Tobias. Maybe this will make things better. Here, take it. It's yours. Use it only when necessary. Tobias takes the knife and says, Oh, 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 okay. Gunslinger says, I'm leaving now. You take care of yourself, you hear? Gunslinger then walks back to the table. The mark, the one being carved by the dead man. Gunslinger has seen it before. He then tips his cap and walks out. Enjoy the rest of your day, ma'am. It's a warning mark, announcing that an army of his enemies will soon be arriving. But when they do, he'll be waiting. And that's the end of it. I tell you what, man, I really am enjoying this. This is a great jumping on point. If you're not familiar with Gunslinger Spawn, I feel like these stories give you enough backstory on him. And I just, I love the artwork on this whole thing. And I just, I like this constant action, man. It's a lot of, a lot of good stuff. Uh, that's pick of the week for uh, October 20th, 2021. It's Gunslinger Spawn.
that's going to do it for this week's episode. Gunslinger Spawn taking home pick of the week, man. I'm telling you, fantastic. Look, if your local comic shop was not able to, to get this book, if this if you were one of those shops that got affected by the uh, paper shortage uh, and the delay, you'll get it next week. But trust me, it is definitely, definitely worth reading. Um, same with King Spawn. King Spawn's worth reading. The new Hell Cop, also worth reading. Uh, Batman was good this week. Uh, Batman Catwoman was good. Um, you know, Superman, Son of Kal-El. I'm really digging that one. That one was good. Um, Marvel, not so much this week. Marvel was surprisingly just weak this week. And I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. But, oh well. I mean, you're going to have weeks like that. So, it is what it is. Uh, be sure go like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to. Be sure and go on social media and give a like and follow on Instagram and Facebook. Both are at i.have.issues.comics. And uh, be sure to tune in on Sundays for the live stream of the review of the week. And we'll be back next week with more I Have Issues. <laughs> <laughs>